Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. Ooh. Mm, saucy. And welcome. We are here at Rose City Swing, swinging in the rain. This is our second live show, and we're excited to have another opportunity to interact with our listeners and to chat in person. We are once again Together. in the same room. It's amazing. Only the second time. Only right. when we do live shows. Right. Uh, by the way, a big thank you to Babak and Trudy, this weekend's event directors, uh, for hosting us and inviting us to do our show at their event. We will be chatting with Mr. Ben Morris tonight. Yes. There we go. And then open up the conversation to the audience. We'll take questions from the audience here. And we'll be keeping an eye out for any questions we receive from people watching us on our Facebook live stream. Hi, people on Facebook live stream. I don't know who's up at this hour. Anybody in Europe? Maybe. Before we invite Ben to join us, however, we wanted to take the opportunity to chat with a couple of special guests. One of them started dancing in 2011 when he took his first ballroom class at Portland Community College. He then was introduced to West Coast Swing, where he met his future business partner. His business partner started dancing before he was alive, training in ballet, and becoming a member of the very first squad of Portland Trailblazer dancers. Nothing? Nothing for Portland Trailblazers. Woo. I'm like, there's got to be some locals here. Okay. Uh, years later, she was introduced to Lindy and Balboa, and when she discovered West Coast Swing, she never looked back. She now loves to judge, dance, coach, and teach in the Pacific Northwest. Combining his background in event planning and his crazy ideas with her organization and experience and their mutual love of the dance, together in 2014, they launched Rose City Swing Events. To chat with us about their experience running Rose City Swing, please welcome your event co-directors for the weekend, Bobak and Trudy. Yeah! Hey, you guys, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for being part of The Naked Truth and allowing us to do this at Rose City Swing. Thank you. So, first question, and you can both answer. You don't have to answer at the same time. That would be preferable if you did not. <laughs> so, the first question is, how did you decide to start uh, Rose City Swing, and how has it evolved since you've started? Um, I'll take this one. Good. Um, <laughs> actually, it was Bobak's idea. Well, I want to tell a funny story about you, uh, you if you start. don't mind, okay. and then you, no, you yeah. Start. So um, there is a weekly dance in Portland, and every year they have a holiday raffle, and they ask people who teach and have some experience in dance to give away a private lesson. Well, Bobak won mine, and I have to tell you that the person who'd been teaching him in college came up to me and said, "He's untrainable. <laughs> he just can't be taught." And I said, okay. He came, his timing was terrific. He led very, very nicely. He did all of his basics perfectly, except he did them starting on the wrong foot. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's so interesting about that is that if you've ever practiced dancing this on the wrong foot, and I do that all the time because I think it's great for my brain to do that. Um, it's sometimes hard to get out of the follows way correctly, but he was so good at that. I, unless I looked down at his feet, I didn't really realize that he was doing it on the incorrect foot. So that's kind of how we met, and I will let him take it from there. Uh, so yeah, so it was really funny because I was just at a local dance, um, and I, I won a, pa a, a private lesson with someone named Trudy and my friend was like, oh my God, you won a lesson with Trudy. And I was like, oh my God, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And she was like, she's so amazing. And I was like, cool. And this was like my third private lesson. So I didn't even know really what it was about. Uh, and I was still, I was like pretty young. So my mom had to drive me. You're still uh, pretty young, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, yeah. um, so we had that private lesson. And since then, we were still like acquaintances and friends. And we danced. Um, but I remember uh, I decided a long time ago I wanted to do an event. Um, and I had this like whole game plan where I was like, I had a five-year plan. I was going to do it by the time I was 25. And I assumed I'd have enough money. I'd have enough experience. It'd be great. And then I was like, you know what? Never mind. I want to do it now. And then I started talking to one of my friends. And he's like, oh, you should ask Trudy for help. And I was kind of thinking like all the things that she could help me with. And I was like, no, I'm going to need more than help. And then so I like, I remember I was on a trip to Vegas. I remember the dates because uh, I had a Halloween dance. And then, and that's when I decided I'm going to do the event. And then the next day I was on a, a trip to Vegas and I messaged her and I was like, hey, so I have this idea. Uh, I know we don't know each other very well, but do you want to go into business? And she was like, let's talk about it. So the next weekend we met up and when we talked about it, we realized we both had kind of the same ideas. Um, and so this was in uh, the next weekend in November. And we realized that um, we were originally going to make the first roast thing just a regular workshop weekend. Um, but as we started planning, we realized like we wanted to go all in. So on this November 29th, the last day in November, we uh, decided we're just going to do the event. So we spent all of December planning. Um, Trudy was working in Idaho. I was working in Idaho. And, and yes. our assistant at the time, Lauren Wood, was in Chico and I was in Portland. So the three of us were basically planning on Facebook. And um, on the phone in the middle of the night for me for, yeah. in Idaho, yes. Um, and then on February or January, like First week in January, we announced it, and then the last week in February, we had it, um, and we started, and it was, uh, we didn't expect it to be as big as it did, and then it kind of just exploded, and we realized, like, oh, looks like we have something. And what year is this now? Uh, this is our sixth year. Sixth year. Yeah. Okay, but you have commented online, Babak is one of our biggest supporters and <laughs> promoters, yes. um, but you have commented online because uh, when I made the remark on the show that, you know, if you're event, like you should just not be an event director, like, mm -hmm. there's no money to be made from it. There's a crowded field. So why did you decide to do an event? So I had ideas and I would tell people my ideas and they would be like, oh, that wouldn't happen or, oh, you can't do that. And I was like, I think I can. Um, and I realized that, I mean, yeah, I'm a 19 year old kid. So coming from me, they probably didn't see that well. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just do it myself. Um, and I didn't really have a big plan i was i had three things planned out when i had contact you said it's gonna be called rosie swing it's gonna be february it's gonna be in february and it's gonna be the biggest event in oregon and it's gonna be huge and so those are my three like goals um and so i contacted trudy um i was like here's how all i have and she's like oh we have a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he but he was a very good salesman to yes. me because we were at an event and he came up to me in the hallway and he asked me and i didn't really know him all that well but he came up to me and he said you know I thought of all the people who've helped me and supported me in my dancing. I thought of you. And, and, and I really want to do this with you. And by the time I was like done bawling because I was so touched by it, right? right. I thought, oh, this is a great idea. And we, you know, we got this first event done in two months. And it was so interesting because we did it in a ballroom first in a dance studio. And what was so interesting is that I realized in about five minutes that I, I had a great dance floor, I had a great DJ, and these people came in and they started dancing and they started not only entertaining themselves, but entertaining us, right. you know? I mean, it's just, and the feedback you get from the attendees at an event who come and have all this energy and just give back and back and back, it's enormous. It's, 
I wouldn't say that it's addictive, but it's mesmerizing. Yeah, I think it's addictive. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay, the energy addictive. that we get from the <laughs> dance community is very addictive. Yeah. I also think it's important for people to know what you do for a living besides Rose City. This is why you're so good <laughs> at organizing and stuff. I think it's important for people to know this. So tell them what you do. Uh, well, I'm, I've actually been <clears throat> on a special assignment at Nike in global finance. And um, right now I have a lot of constituents in Europe, which is kind of nice because I get to fly to Europe a couple of times a year and, um, you know, kind of try to herd the cats. <laughs> and you do a good job. Um, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, look at I hope so. Nike keeps paying me. So. <laughs> and look at Rose City. And look at Rose City. Right. So, yeah. So Thank you both you. have um, really grown this event over the years. And you had this idea when you started, mm -hmm. this sort of con concept of the event. Um, how do you define the brand of this event and the, the kind of experience you're trying to create for attendees? Uh, so I think the branding kind of came naturally. So we didn't really have like, this is all we wanted. And in fact, the uh, vision I had, uh, it, and points, it's completely different than what it is today. But at the same time, it's also evolved into a better vision because now there's actually context versus just, here's what I want. Right. Um, and I think, um, kind of like what Trudy said, um, the branding also comes with like the people. Um, so like I, we got so much feedback in the beginning of how people felt and we're like, okay, let's grow on that. And like when we did the murder mystery, people were like, this was good. And we're like, okay we're going to do this again. Mm -hmm. So I think that a lot of the branding came with the feedback and just, um, and also like for those who don't know, Portland is known as the Rose City. There's a Rose City everything. And so it was like, okay, ro like we have this concept. Let's do like as much as we can with it. And with roses, there's a lot you can do. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, neither of us are professional dancers. We've never been professional dancers. And so we have the experience of being an attendee. Right. And right. so I always think of, if I were, you know, what would I like to experience as an attendee? I mean, look at us. We're completely different generations. Right. We have an intergenerational strictly swing mm. because Ugh. that's who mm. we are. Right. Yes. Right, right. So um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that I think when we first started talking to each other about this event, we realized how much we had in common about how we saw West Coast Swing and the kind of experience we wanted other people to enjoy with us. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, this is, oh, I've got, you know, 750 great friends here this weekend. And I'm really, what I loved about watching the comps tonight so much was how much the competitors were smiling at each other. Yeah. It was extraordinary to see how much fun they were having with each other to somebody that wouldn't necessarily do a strictly swing with right. because they're a different level of skill or they're a different generation. And I thought everybody is winning from that. Right. That's really cool. So we, we talk about event directors um, a lot on The Naked Truth. And I would like to know, like, what is your relationship with your professionals as event directors? Because... I want to know the, the process you go through to treat them and what you think about and what's your relationship with all the professionals that you have. Because you, you seem to have a, a pulse on, on your pros. They enjoy working for you. Thank you. They work hard they, for you. Oh, do so they ever. How, how do you make them do that? What is your management it's the style? Pie. It's the pie. <clears throat> it's the so, pie. so a long time ago, we, we did this. Um, we, what we do is we give our staff homemade pies. Um, and we have when we have like a staff meeting and it started one year where Chris Jones, our chief judge is like, Hey, by the way, me and my, me and my, at the time girlfriend, make or maybe it was wife, 
we make really good pie. And we're like, oh, we should do that. So we did it. And it was one of those things that, like, you don't get everywhere. And so we kind of were like, oh. And we realized, like, our staff, we just happen to choose the right staff members. Like, we are, um, I would say, incredibly picky on who we bring in. Uh, because we know, and I think every event has like their image, their box of what they want. Right. Um, and I think with, with ours, it's very clear that, um, you know, we have all these shenanigans. Um, and just like seeing the group chat that we had over the last couple months of just the storyline, um, no one really felt like they had to do anything. In fact, they were like, I, we want to do this. They were more excited. And oh my goodness, um, yes. Even last year in the murder mystery, I was like, uh, like I was thinking I was going to be something small, and I was like, uh, like I, I feel like like I feel kind of bad. Not bad enough to not let them do it. I just feel bad to let them know I feel bad. But it morphed into something so unbelievably incredible. Like your professionals don't just like teach workshops and you know do privates. They 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 compete and they like it. Yes. They interact. Yes. With the community and they love it. Um, and the energy that's in the ballroom is is something to like. Like uh, more events should be this way. So, like, what's how do you manage your pros? Your your pros answer okay. you at, at well, on time, and the pros love to work with uh, you. Well, uh, <clears throat> um, I used to have this great boss, and one year he came to me and he gave me this enormous raise. Enormous. I said, "What are you? Yeah, enormous raise." I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "You're the kind of person that if I give you this much money, you're going to deliver this much money." Uh, value. Right. And so I think for me, my philosophy of managing something is I know you are going to give me back this much. And therefore, you deserve this much respect, admiration, affection from us. In our eyes, um, I don't see you guys as employees. I see you guys as honored guests. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys are doing all this work for us. Um, but we feel like you're not, it's not like necessarily we're hiring you. We want you here and you just happen to be providing your services for us. So, um, that's why like, you know, we do things like the pie and, uh, we, we try to make sure, you know, we have an easy schedule for you and, you know, we try oh, to fix. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I said we try. I didn't say hold we on. succeed. Well, let, let's, let's talk about, I had a busy the, let's talk about the massage. Did you get your massage yet this uh, of weekend? Of course. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Did you get your massage yet this weekend? I told you. Yes, you yeah. yes, yes. Ben so, has a gun yes, his yes. massage. Um, Tomorrow night, do you, dinner, pie. Do you talk yes. to your partner, Victoria? Because I told her everything. Yeah. <laughs> I told her everything. <laughs> it was funny. Super helpful. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick funny story. I had, like, me and Victoria had negotiated everything to have them on staff. And then I sent a message to Ben as a joke. like, hey, you want to come on staff at Rose City? Thinking, like, he already knew. And he's like, yeah, I'll send you the contract. And I was like, it, you're already on staff. <laughs> like, and then we realized, like, you know, that he didn't get the memo. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, sweet. Good thing you came to the show and found all this out. <laughs> So if you're on staff, <laughs> Mahela will give you a free massage. You can talk to her about that. Right. Until she says enough. But Right, right. Until she's done with you. Yeah. <laughs> Until you're fixed. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you, you said you came up with the murder mystery idea two years ago, right? That was last, last year. year. That was last year's event. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you had come up with it yeah. before then. Um, where did that come from? And this whole like 
theme idea. So this year you're doing musicals. Is this something you want to keep doing and developing? How is it a part of your so event? So what happened was I was at Swing Coover the year before um, we did the U musical. Mm-hmm. And Cassie, when it comes to me, says, hey, I have an idea for you. And she does this all the time. And usually they're good ideas. And she's like, how about a murder mystery event? And I was like... One second. So I run over and tell Trudy, because right. that's what I do when it's, I have a good idea. And then um, we were like, it's brilliant. So we're like, but we're not obviously going to do this month next for the next event. Right. So then we waited till afterward. And then we talked to Cassie and we're like, hey, uh, how do we do a murder mystery? <laughs> right. So we're like, and she's like, I'd love to help. And she's actually, for those of you who don't know, she's a professional writer. Um, so good. Yeah. So we're like, she's like, yeah. And so, um, and neither, at least I didn't know a whole lot because I wanted to be as surprised as everyone else. Um, so like she did this whole thing and, um, I knew she was working on it for like a long time, uh, but it turned out to be like a 92 page script, um, with skits, uh, and she was according with all and the And this pros. year's script was less. Yeah. This, this year's, year's script was, 30 was less. 34 pages. It was yeah. 34 pages and right. it was, uh, a different, but, um. Yeah. That's what, right, right, right. There's a lot more she improvisation also left a lot of room for improv. <laughs> right. Um, but like I think it's something that we kind of hit a nail on where we realized, like, having these storylines are working. So I think it's something that we're going to continue and um, deep dive into. Maybe we'll do an opera one day. Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ambitious. Oh, my goodness. It's ambitious. I'm going to go start taking opera <laughs> Yes. Um, so you've been doing this now for six years. Yes. What have you learned? Um, what advice would you give to other EDs? And where do you see yourselves going? Wow. That's a, that's how a, how he's got an answer. I got, I got an answer. Okay, got you, you answer. I'll right. think about uh, it. So the biggest thing I'll say is that um, we don't need events just to have events. Make sure you need a purpose and a reason for the event. Amen. Uh, so yes. I know I've seen people be like, I want to open a re- start an event. And I know Ben McHenry says this too. And he's like, why? What's your why? What's your reason? And they're always like, uh, and that's like, you don't, we don't need more events just to have events. That's just, um, a, it's just a good business yeah. model. Like you should have a purpose. And right. also purpose like when sure. you, uh, I've seen people who like try to go too big, too, too fast. Um, and I've seen that like hurt them. And the thing is, is like roasty swing is amazing this year, but it didn't start this big. It started small. And I know swing tackler, same way, starting mm-hmm. a small studio and now it's ginormous. So it's kind of the same thing of, uh, um, have a plan, but don't try to do the whole plan right away. Um, the first year I always say is, you know, work on getting yourself established as an event. The first couple of years, you're trying to get your name out there. Once you do that, then you can start looking into what is your theme, what is your purpose, and what you want to do. What's your brand? Yeah. What's your brand, yeah. basically, right. yeah. Yeah, and I think the other thing is that there's an awful lot of variables in creating a good event. Sure. Things that can happen, things that you need to anticipate, things right. that you need just need to manage that are kind of sometimes mundane mm-hmm. and pedantic, and they're mm-hmm. just, you know, they're not really a whole lot of fun. But the thing is, managing those variables allows you to get them out of the way and handle the bigger picture, which is the relationship you have with your team, right. yes. your staff, your pros, your, your volunteer team, and your, and your constituency. So I think you have to keep the big picture in mind. I think what makes us good partners is that, and people have asked us this before, is it's like he's kind of like a helium balloon because he's got these great ideas and I'm holding onto the rope. Yes. That's the best. Now, keeping so him grounded. I'm keeping him grounded. Yes. And I want that helium balloon to fly, but I don't want the helium balloon to, to, to go crazy. So right. Trudy actually... Right. To, <laughs> yeah. So Trudy actually has me trained um, because when I first had like ideas, I'd be like, hey, Trudy, I have this idea. She's like, great. How are we going to pay for it? And I was like, 
oh yeah, that's a thing. Because I'm 19, I'm not thinking about the money. I'm just like, this is going to be a great idea. And she kind of like reels me in. So now I'm trained to be like, when I have an idea, I was like, wait, before I tell Trudy, how are we going to pay for it? How is it going to be beneficial? And why should we do it? And so like now I'm able to list it off. And so our conversation is like, I have this idea, da, da, da. Okay, great. Let's do it. So she's training you to she, be a good business person. She <laughs> has actually been one of my best mentors. I know she's my Thank business you. partner, but she's yes. also my mentor. I've learned so much from her. There's, For example, when it comes to contracting, I know I keep my mouth shut because I don't understand a lot of the words. Um, so I'm going to be honest. So like I remember there was – so Julie Eppelit does all our contracting because she's brilliant. She is brilliant. And I remember there was, a, there was a, we had like a 45-minute conference call with her and uh, Trudy and Julie were going back and forth. And I was just like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And I'm messaging Trudy like, what does that mean? <laughs> well, you know, most uh, – well, I shouldn't say most. A lot of successful businesses, the CEO – is the ideas person. Right. And then they always have a CFO or a CAO. To make it come to fruition. Right. So somebody is the leader and somebody is the manager. I think the interesting thing about, and this is kind of what we realized afterward and why our... Because I've heard like event directors talk about like, oh, like complaining about their event direct, other co-partners and saying like, oh, you know, sometimes I have issues. And I'm kind of like, oh, I don't have that feeling. Like I've never had that like, oh, my event director, my co-event director sucks. Um, And I think part of the reason is because of our dynamic of... Um, this is how Trudy explained it to me. Uh, I'm kind of the sales manager and she's the operations manager. Mm -hmm. Um, So like having that dynamic, like I don't have to worry about the schedule as much because I know she's got a handle and she doesn't have to worry about posting all over Facebook because that's all me. So um, having that dynamic. You have your roles. Oh, can you imagine if we switched roles what a nightmare that would be? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You mean him in your role or you in his role? (laughs) One year, that's what we'll do. She'll do all the posting and I'll just do the schedule. That should be the skit next year. Oh, that's what I just said. That's the Freaky Friday. Hey, I'm with you. See, if Jordan and Todd were smart, they would have said, have them switch roles, then Rose City Swing would be a flop. <laughs> All your oh, contests can be opposite. Uh, it would work. Oh, my goodness. What are you guys? Super friends. Oh, well, kind of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Cesaro. Yes. Cesaro World. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what do you have in the works for next year? We don't have anything like set. We have a lot of okay. ideas. Cool. Um, and yeah, the, the thing is, is like we've kind of started something where it's like we realized like we can't do a bad theme anymore because we had like our first really good theme would, was a schoolhouse rock where we did off a schoolhouse swing. And the year after that, we had one that was still good, but it wasn't as integrated. And people know, like, we're like, oh, last year's was better. And we're like, yeah. okay. And then we did murder mystery. Right. And so now we're kind of like stuck in a way where if we have to make sure our. Our, our our themes are good, which sure. is fine. Cause I well, like I'm, there's plenty of things that you could pick at for a yes. theme. You just yeah. have to pick the right one, and yeah, I'm sure well, you'll do a great job of that. I would love to pick your brain about that later. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> My goal one day... More work. <laughs> one day. But pie and massages. But pie. Yes, for sure. Yeah. What yep. I was thinking is if one day we come up with like, let's say, 30 themes, we just have like a w- spinning wheel, and at the end of the weekend, we'll just spin and be like, next week's theme is Wheel of Fortune Sale. Like, oh, hey, it's that. But we don't have that many themes yet, so we can't do that. That's a good yeah. idea, though. It is a, it's a good idea. It's, it's going to take a while for us to come Make that happen. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's and very nice back. to meet you. Yeah, you I really enjoyed oh, this podcast. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, you're good. You've never yeah. met. I know. Yes. We haven't awesome. It's a pleasure. And I exactly. just met him in person thank a few yes. weeks ago. Thank you for having us at the event, and thank you for being on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Our next guest this evening is both a champion Lindy Hopper and a champion West Coast Swing dancer. He began West Coast Swing dancing at the age of 12 and is now a two-time World Swing Dance Champion. 
three-time U.S. Open Swing Dance Champion, Spirit of Lindy Hop Award winner, and a California Swing Dance Hall of Fame Award winner. He currently lives in Orange County, California, running the weekly dance Swing in the Blues and regularly guest teaching at several local colleges. He is also one of the event directors for Jack and Jolarama, which takes place in June in Orange County. He also travels all over the world to teach, compete, judge, and perform. He is known for his fun dance style, infectious personality, and enjoyable workshops. Please welcome to the show my brother from another mother, Ben Morris. This show is how we remind pros to update their bios uh, yeah, on their website. Yeah, that's like straight from my <laughs> super out-of-date website. Just a quick BenMorrisDance.com. Yes. Yeah. Go check it out before you update it. Work in progress. Just a quick little story about Ben Morris. I've known Ben Morris for a, a long time. And um, when he was younger, I uh, was enamored by his uh, professionalism as a young junior and his kindness. And, and I met his mom and I came, became real close with his mom and I said to him, I said, I would really love to adopt your son as my younger brother. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah. So I wrote up adoption papers and I sent them <laughs> to his mother. Did I not? Yeah, no, they were on the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> for a long time. And I, I made her sign them. So Ben Morris is officially my younger brother. <laughs> I love that story, don't you? It's a good story. I yeah. love that. Yeah, we had that on the our refrigerator for our place in Denver in a, for a long time. Yes. So <laughs> I, I always ask the first question, and the first question is always with everyone: How did you get started in West Coast Swing? And I, I would add, just in dance in general. Right. Yeah. Um, so my mom did. Uh, my mom danced ballroom for a long time when I was younger. Um, ballroom and then Argentine tango, and uh, she used to. Um, she used to take me to the dances lots of times when, uh, if like she couldn't find a babysitter or something. Uh, and so I would just like sit in the back, read my book, do my homework, play with my action figures, Which you whatever. Still do right now. Yeah. Well, not the action figures part, but yes, right. <laughs> if I still had them, I probably would. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So eventually I like expressed mild interest in trying a dance class. Um, oh, actually I remember specifically it was at, um, I don't remember the studio, but in Denver, there was one particular dance. and uh, At the uh, Turnverein? No, it wasn't. It was a ballroom studio where my mom was doing ballroom. But um, Braden Odell, if any of you guys yes, know who he is yep, from Colorado. Brady Odell. I saw, um, yeah, I saw him doing uh, West Coast there. Uh, and then I actually didn't see him again for like years. I was like, I don't know, 10 years before I ever saw him again after that. But I was like, oh, there's someone like only a little bit older than me doing this. That's cool. Uh, wasn't really like, oh, I want to do it yet, but it was like a little hint of enough to get my mom, yeah, to get my mom to like put me in a swing dance class, which she insists I asked to do, and I totally didn't. She made me do it. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is really fun. And uh, so then it, that's kind of how that took off from there. That was, you know, just like single time East Coast swing. And then from there, I got into Lindy Hop. Um, and then eventually, kind of along the way, after a couple of years, I started trying West Coast Swing too. I did it like a little bit. My mom was taking some lessons from uh, Kevin and Pat Whiteley mm -hmm. in Colorado, and I would try a little bit there. And then it kind of really started when I went to um, uh, Bill Cameron's New Year's event one time, like mainly as a Lindy Hopper, but it was one of when he had all the crossover events. Mm -hmm. 
And so I tried going into the West Coast room a bunch and was like, oh, this is really cool. And then so kind of from there, I got more and more into it. And mm-hmm. I did, you know, I did mostly Lindy Hop and a little bit of West Coast and then both for a long time before kind of phasing over to mostly West Coast swing. But then didn't you do a little bit of country? <clears throat> uh, no, actually. So that is a really common misconception about me. I never actually really competed in or pursued any country whatsoever. I just happen to really like country music and I like doing two-step. Um, but I've never really like trained in it. I never competed in it. Um, my uh, my f- partner Melina used to compete in country sometimes, and so we would work a lot of the country events and teach West Coast. And so then I would like hang out in there and do two step in it and stuff too. But I never actually competed in it. I just really like the music. <laughs> right. That's why I asked the question. I wanted people. So to yeah. yeah. Were you ever a member of Minnie's Moochers? No, I wasn't. Uh, I was pretty close with a lot of them and like friends with them. They were all a little bit older than me. Um, So I, it's funny because like my, so my nickname in the Lindy Hop community for a long time was Little Ben, but I was like Littler Ben because there was another Little Ben who was on the Minis Moochers before me. And then like he wasn't little anymore. (laughs) Like the, so Ben Furness. And then, uh, so yes, they were all a couple of years older than me, but I used to hang out with a lot of them uh, quite a bit. So. That's my. I think my first memory was I thought you were with many Minnie's Moochers because I think I saw you at one of those. Bill yeah, Cameron it might have been Ben Furness though. And, that yeah. might not have been me. It might have been no, him. no, no. I saw you. I just you weren't performing. Are you sure? Because we got mixed up a lot. It could have been him. But he was at. I'm fairly. What sure. was the event? Was Bill Cameron event. It was one of the Bill Cameron events. And Still could have been him. Sure. Yeah, it's t- that actually happens. Like people have mixed us up a lot, and it would. And then there was a point in time where yes. we regularly, <laughs> we regularly would get mixed up. Like in, right. like people would like say something to us about the other person's dance or something. By the so, way, for those of you who don't, uh, the Minis Moochers was this great, amazing Lindy Hop group out of Ithaca, mainly yeah. Ithaca. Yes, I mean there were yeah. other people on yeah, it. Yeah, but totally. Ithaca. Um, but uh, just amazing, beautiful Lindy dancing. For me, I was doing Lindy at the time, and that was. Highly and they were a younger group. They weren't like older. They were yeah. younger. Bunch they were of kids. Yeah. Older they were, yeah. 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 yeah, they were all, they were kind of the younger generation. Just right. I was even younger. Yes. Uh, and they were pretty revolutionary mm-hmm. in um, the Lindy Hop community with their dancing. And uh, a number of them are still like right. the top pros in the Lindy community uh, today. Not all of them, but a lot of them are still around and they're s- still pretty much the top ones. Yeah. So who has influenced you most as a dancer and a professional as you've kind of come up in swing dancing, particularly West coast swing most. I don't know. It's, I mean, I really been a lot of everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, Oh, I guess not everyone, but like too many people to list. I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've been influenced a lot by so many different people. Um, if you asked me, like, I don't know, who influenced you the most in this aspect, I'm, it's, maybe I could narrow things down more, but just general, like, just my dancing and my mentality, I feel like is just pieced together from so many different people. All right, so let's narrow it down for this dance then. Well, for this dance, let's say um, as a, uh, well, uh, I'm kind of thinking three realms because you've done routines. Yeah. So in the realm of routines and performance, in the realm of kind of being a teacher and professional, and in the realm of just how you think about the dance. Does yeah, those are it? all still, not really. Those are all still <laughs> pretty, many. still pretty broad. Yeah. Um, the, on, the only one I can really answer specifically is I can say that um, when it comes to routine stuff, like uh, when like several years ago, I started getting uh, coached 
not every time, but most of the time on my routines um, by Benji uh, mm-hmm. going into them. So I would uh, most often what would happen is we would choreograph it and then we would bring it to him and get a lot of adjustments and coaching and all sorts of things uh, from him. And um, that was a huge influence and just I really felt like grew my dancing a lot. So that's mm-hmm. one uh, specific thing I can point to in the last several years that I just felt like. I mean, to me, I, I feel like I can really drastically see a difference in uh, my routines and performances from like before I was doing mm-hmm. that and afterwards. Um, I've had coaching from a lot of people, but over the last several years, he's kind of been the primary one that I've gotten uh, coaching from, and that's had a huge effect. Um, everything else, yeah, probably still too broad. So, in so what ways? Min- in what ways has Benji influenced mm-hmm. your dance? Um, he just uh, I feel like he's really up to the level of like creativity in what I do and also um up to the level of like how active I am as a performer like in the routines and stuff like that um taking a lot of the ideas of what I already had and like kind of uh, added different dynamics to them that sort of brought out even more from it mm-hmm. um towards I feel like not only has it made me um a better like performer with how I dance things, but I actually feel like I've become a better choreographer from that. Cause it's like each time I do my choreography and then I have him tweak it and adjust it and uh, tech it and everything. And then like a lot of those ideas would stay with me. So like the next time I feel like I would do choreography, I feel like it would be better. And so um, like more and more uh, of uh, I feel like my ideas of with choreography have grown and expanded a lot just from that as he showed me like new and different ways to mess with some of the stuff I'd already done and kind of just expand the box, I guess I was working with. So he helps you, you know, bring to fruition what you think or what you would like to do. Yeah. He's great at that Benji. So question, how would you say, uh, your Lindy experience, right. And influence and knowledge has helped you or shaped how you think about West coast and how you, manage what you do in the west coast dance um well you know it's funny for a long time when i was doing both um i kept them very like compartmentalized and separate in the way i would dance them um so uh was that intentional or just yeah it was totally intentional there were i mean not a lot but there were several people who were kind of dabbling in both at the time and um some people's mentality on that was to like almost have them be as close together as possible to like, Oh, I'm doing almost the same dance, just mm-hmm. different speeds. Uh, and that wasn't the way I wanted to go with it. Like I wanted them to be really like drastically different. When you, you wanted them to recognize them. when you were dancing. Yeah. When you so were doing for West me, Coast like whenever I had like a stylistic choice that I could make about like, you know, like a stylistic choice about the technique I would use for how I would dance the dance or whatever. Um, I would pick the one that was most different from the other, if right. that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I tried to make like, I, I tried to pull them away from each other as much as I could. And so I wouldn't cross over like a lot of the movements was to the extent like I dressed differently when I was doing the two different dances. Right. Right. And I would just have a totally different mentality when I was doing them. Um, that's kind of like, that's faded as I, I mean, as I got to the point where I was fairly confident and like, okay, I'm good at this now and I'm good at this. Then I'd start to let things like seep over more and whatnot. So there's some movements from Lindy hop that I, uh, use in West coast swing and stuff now, but, um, uh, 
not a not a ton, but like I don't worry about it when I do now. So there's right. some things that I'll bring over that feel very Lindy esque to me that I would have avoided back then. But now I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I like putting this into my West Coast. Feels cool when I put um, like a swivel action into my West Coast swing, which we actually did one uh, that Victoria really likes to do in our workshop earlier today. It's kind of Lindy esque feeling, right? But wouldn't you say that uh, p- part of uh, your cloth is having Lindy Hop in you, and that's something that you have that others don't. So when you're dancing and say Jack and Jill or Strictly Swing, and there is a moment in the music where you can bring out the Lindy Hop, that I would say that's like money shot for you because not everyone can do what you do. Yeah, so, I mean, sometimes it certainly makes me... Um it certainly puts a different perspective on what dancing fast is. Yes. So like when you know, like fast songs come on, I don't have like uh, anxiety about dancing West Coast swing fast like some people might because my, right. my perspective on what's fast is wholly different. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, so some, I don't know, I think there's maybe some sometimes like a looseness that comes from Lindy Hop that kind right. of incorporates into the way I dance my West Coast swing. Sometimes I think um, some of my uh, some of the way I connect, I think, comes from Lindy Hop just because uh, some of what I've it's kind of hard to describe, but some of what I've been told before about the way I feel from followers or things they like is something that I've noticed seems to be not consistent, but maybe common in people who come over from Lindy Hop to West Coast Swing. Like, oh, there's something about the way the connection's used in Lindy Hop that when someone brings it over to West Coast Swing, it's seems brilliant. to come over in a positive way. Yeah. Well, Not we exactly sure why, but... Yeah. We talked about that with John Festa. Yeah. Uh, you know, he talked about the counterbalance that yeah. he loved about Lindy and how that was just an amazing connection in West Coast. Right, that we don't do much as much, as any, much and right. anymore because the music has changed and yeah. right and all those things. But that that that's what's uh, what I love about you when I dance with you, Ben, is that you give me like I said to you tonight. What did I say to you tonight when after we danced? I said you bring that me- was really fun. Which I, oh yeah, yeah, you bring out uh, you got some groove back, brought my groove you, back, you, something, you, I don't know, something you like give that. me my mojo back. That. I was like, Deborah got her groove back, mojo back. Stella got her mojo back. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. Back. Yeah. So when I dance with you, I feel like, oh, oh my God, all these things that I can feel and I can do. Like you take me on a journey, like a really good one. And after the dance is over, I feel like I just won the lotto. That's Aww. what I feel like. Oh, no, it's true. I felt that way too. Oh, yeah. It was fun. Could. Didn't they have a great dance tonight? You've got a friend in me. It was awesome. Oh, I, see, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you picked Toy Story, I was like, oh, God, I don't know. There's only one song that you could. I know, but do I, from Toy Story. I'm not going to lie. Like, Toy Story is well, there's, not my I mean, there's like three Toy Stories, so. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so good. Like, top five, at least, maybe? Yes. Okay, that's fair. No, but it's not like my favorite. It's thing. so good. Did you though. cry at Toy Story 3? Or was that just all the men in the room? I did not cry. There were articles. I think they're making a four. Did people cry at Toy Story three. <coughs> there were articles about how it was making grown men cry. And Wait, which one was three? I always mix. I mix them up. Where? T- am I going to ruin it? Have people not seen this movie? Yeah, no, Spoilers. it's fine at this point. Oh, Andy whatever. gives his toys over to another girl. Oh before yeah, that, they yeah, yeah. Got incinerated. And it's like yes, toys yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. I think they're making a four now because. She there are four see. now. Yeah, I think they're making another. There will be. Yeah, it's coming uh, out. I'll go back and watch them from okay, the beginning cool. and, and see if I if I can enjoy them like you love it. This is but what I happens on so a podcast good. about West Coast Swing, <laughs> huh? What? Are we talking about swing dancing at all? Um, I wanted to ask one more question about the Lindy thing, just because 
I know a lot of people, we talk a lot about the importance of knowing the history of the dance yep. and about where the dance came from. Mm -hmm. And I've had lots of people ask, should I study Lindy to get better at West Coast? And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Should people really understand this, you know, grandfather of our dance to get better at this dance? Um, I mean, I think studying Lindy to get better at West Coast is a good idea in the sense of studying like cross training with any other dance mm -hmm. is so I, I do think that uh not all but probably i think most of your top dancers in west coast swing have some sort of other background in something uh mine happens to be from lindy hop for a lot of them it's you know jazz or country or hip-hop or something like that ballroom. but yeah ballroom most of them are bringing some other dance into it so I wouldn't necessarily say that like, oh, you should, out of all these other dances, you, if you were going to pick one, you should pick to study Lindy Hop sure. over everything else, if that makes sense. But I would certainly say that, yeah, I think it'd be valuable to study it. But in the sense that studying, all working on any of those other things is going to bring different things into your dance. I certainly think, yeah, it's good to study to like know that history of it and have those elements. Um, I don't necessarily think that like watching videos of Lindy Hop um, from the 1930s is necessarily going to make your West Coast swing now any better. Uh, but I think they're wa worth watching simply for their own value and, and their entertainment. And, the and it's value. good to know that. And it's good to know the history just for the sake of the knowledge of it and knowing right. where things came from. Yeah. I think. But the athleticism of Lindy Hop is then, insane. It's insanity. <laughs> yeah. It's insanity. I think. And and our dance has gotten more athletic since. I started, and I think it's nice to look at Lindsay Hop to see how athletic they are. They're like insanity. Yeah, no, I did a uh, I did a pro am routine once in Lindsay Hop uh, where I was the am with uh, Maggie Moon, and I think the song was three like three hundred and ten beats per minute or something like that. Was it <laughs> yeah, Jump Into the Woodside on? Crack? No, it was uh, Harlem Congo. I think is what wow. it's called. Harlem Congo by Chick Webb. I think was the song. I'm not 100% sure it was a long time ago. Beats a minute looks like? <laughs> no, I'm good at the <laughs> moment. I'm good. Maggie Moon, sidebar. Maggie Moon and Kevin St. Laurent came to teach at Penn when I was still a student there studying Lindy. And Maggie like stayed at my apartment for the night. And it was just awesome. very yeah, surreal. They were awesome. They I were love them. Together. Yeah, they were terrific together. Yes. And then Kevin and Carla and you. Oh, uh, yeah. And you and Carla. Carla and, <laughs> and showcase. showcase. Yes. Division. With Lindy yeah. Hop. Yeah. That's actually going around again on Facebook right now. I, just so I was getting tagged day. in it. I was like, how did... this video popped up again. Tony. Yeah. Tony is our. Yeah. Posting all the old he has videos. every video from every world in every planet. Yes. It doesn't matter. And he's all just of it. constantly uploading videos. If yes. you're not following Tony, Tony's going to get a lot of friend requests. Yeah. You should follow <laughs> Tony him. Tony You should follow him. Because he sure. has like every video from like 1983 till. Now. And I just watched a video of Parker with Tatiana's juniors. Yes. Oh, with the jeans on? With the jeans on? With the jeans or the spacesuit? Right. Was it jeans? Molina used to Oh, Molina had the spacesuit costume in her closet for some reason. I don't know why, but for some reason, Molina had Tot's costume from one of her routines. Parker Kim. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was an old, old video. Anyway, check out Tony Azar and check out Ben dancing with Carla because that was an awesome, awesome. We'll have all dance. footnotes, by the way, of everything that we mentioned. <laughs> oh, the footnotes. Okay. More editing. Um, so let's let's switch topics for a second. You've been doing routines since you were a junior. Yeah. And I'm wondering what you've learned about choreography or from doing routines 
or you know, you mentioned working from Benji. I'm wondering, um, I admire you a lot for your creativity and how you put together a dance. I'm wondering how you think about creating a dance or how you would teach somebody else, another leader, about how to put together a dance, whether it's a routine or something improvised. Um, yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of it's a lot of it's the music to me. Um, and like, I mean, the, the first element to me is always like, what's the vibe of this song? Like, that's the first thing I always do is to kind of set like, oh, like, what does this song feel like? How are we going to sort of like, what's our kind of background movement going to be? Um, so like, for example, like as soon as the song came on tonight with us for like, well, you've got a friend of me. I was like, oh, this is going to be kind of like huggy and sweet. Right. Like that's going to be the vibe of this dance. So I kind of like start with that first mm-hmm. before I even then build out to the like, oh, okay, what are the things I'm going to hit? And then, all right, here's the phrase changes and the moments that I want to create. Right. Um, but I always kind of start with that like, all right, what's the overall feeling of this going to be like fun and peppy or smooth or dramatic or kind of sappy and sweet and cute in this case. Right. And so I kind of always set that first and then, um, take it from there. Uh, and then in, um, so, I mean, that, that obviously happens in like a split second in an improv dance, but I mean, in a routine also, that's, I mean, to a certain extent in a routine, you're sort of that decision is being made along with picking the song. It's not like you pick the song and then you're like, well, now what do we want to do to this? You're like, oh, I want to pick the song and do this kind of vibe and motion to it. Um, And then, you know, who who I'm dancing with is a large part of it as well. Like, okay, like what kind of movements am I, I don't dance the same with everybody. So, um, but sometimes though in, uh, obviously in a routine, if it's with the same partner, which at least is, I've gotten for several years at a time (laughs) um, is a, you know, then that may be a little bit different. It might not be like, Oh, uh, we're going to use the movements I would normally use with this person. It might be like, Oh, what's the direction we want to like grow into. Right. And we're going to try and create movements in that. So it's like lots of times with I'll use routines to sort of push my movement into different directions. Mm -hmm. So, um, I won't always like, uh, I won't always have a routine be catering to like the movements I would already typically do in that partnership. Mm-hmm. Whereas that's more what I would probably do in like a Jack and Jill or a strictly, it would be like, Oh, I'm going to play to what's familiar with the two of us sure. in routines. It'll often be like, Oh, what's the, what do I want to make familiar for the two of us? And then that's what we'll kind of, we'll work on to build in that new direction. Um, and then like, just in terms of, uh, doing choreography like a lot of it for me now is actually um like a lot of it is uh stuff we'll kind of we'll kind of figure out and do stuff through the year as we're dancing and then by the time we go to choreograph you put those routine, things in yeah it's like oh we have all these cool things right like i want to try and put this in and I want to try and put this in and not all of it makes it in, but there's like these things to play with. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, versus like, I don't, not, it's not always going into the routine and then like, Oh, what do we do now? It's like, Oh, we go into the routine with like a year's worth of kind of fresh fun things that have been happening. And then, and then we change them. We don't, we don't necessarily do it the same way we did it last week well because the music moves we you dancing yeah um so we try to push them even farther but there's all these kind of starting points to play with um so like lots of times um when i'm chore- when we're choreographing we'll 
like we kind of have the song and we'll sort of figure out what's the vibe we want. And then there's like, we'll kind of figure out like certain moments sometimes. And so it, it kind of varies. Like sometimes it's like, I'll just, we'll just flow through a piece with choreography. And sometimes it's like, Oh, let's figure out what we're going to do here. And let's figure out what we're going to do here. And let's figure out what we're going to do here. And then we'll connect them. Uh, And we'll kind of bounce back and forth between both those methods, Mm -hmm. just depending on what kind of naturally happens. Like sometimes it's like, Oh, we're working on this moment. And then it'll kind of flow backwards or forwards from there. Like just the creativity will just start to go. Um, so, but oftentimes like I've kind of figured out like, okay, these are the really significance. Like this is going to be some kind of turny thing here. And like, this is going to be some tricky thing here and we'll kind of figure out those moments um, and may or may not lay them down really concretely before we then like fill in everything in between them. Right. I want to go back to the <clears throat> improvisational part of uh, West Coast Swing because you are by far uh, one of the top five males who improvise really well, Jack Why, and Jill. thank you. You're welcome. Uh, really well, Jack and Jill and Strictly Swing. No matter who you dance with, uh, as a, with a, you know, whatever female, you do amazing. But Oh, the follower makes a big difference. No, I know, <laughs> but you do amazing job with all the followers that you dance with. And you do a great job adapting to yes, the followers. Yes, to the followers. Um, but I, 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 I know for a fact that someone or some of more than one has influenced you in your Jack and Jill strategy. Can you talk about how you approach your Jack and Jills? Because you're brilliant at it. Well, several people have influenced me <laughs> yes, we want in to my know. strategy. Um, but, like, a, a lot of my strategy is just, um, is, a, a lot of it is just, I guess I'm just, my whole mentality is just about being adaptable while I'm dancing most of the time. And I sort of try to have, like, a mix of, um, I kind of try to mix between having, like, an agenda of what I want to do and then also be more in the moment and just being adaptable to whatever happens. And I feel mm-hmm. like there are, you know, like that's kind of a spectrum and some dances can be very like, okay, the leader, like this is his jam and he knows what's happening. And some dances can be like literally just like from one beat to the next, everything's just a reaction. I like to be kind of in the middle with that. Um, and uh, like really uh, play to, like try to play to the strengths of my follow and what I know like works really well with them. I remember um, like n- one moment that always sticks out in my mind is like when uh, I think it was Swing Diego mm-hmm. when um, Royston got Jessica Cox and he like led her through the trick yes, from their the, routine the, where they like arm the arm bar, and then she the arm splits. Bar, yeah. And I was like, that is so damn smart. <laughs> like just like, oh, like, you know, like, this is who I'm dancing with. I should do this. I could only do this with this person and it will be amazing with this person. Uh, That's obviously super specific. Like it's not always so specific as like, oh, this move works really, Mm -hmm. really well with this person. Um, But it might be, I might be like, oh, I'm dancing with Deborah, and if I set her upright, I bet she does that leg thing on this break. Like I can make that, I I can't like not make it happen, but I can really present the opportunity and right. That's really specific. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, but it's not always that specific. It's more, sometimes it's like, Oh, 
this person's really good at turning, right. for example. Or like, okay, this person is more like just they want me to just lead more and then they'll put stuff in. Or like, okay, this person's going to get a little bit crazier. I need to like set them up and then let them make the magic happen. Right. So sometimes it can be really specific to a movement. Sometimes it's just more a general idea of how I'm going to dance with the person. Um, but that's like what makes it fun to me is like having all the otherwise you just dance with the same we just dance with our partner the entire time right which we don't right. um and so yeah i like to really kind of like dance in all those different ways and then even in the midst of that like just as i'm leading i'm always like oh i'm leading this but it's more like i'm leading a set of possibilities of which mm. this is the most likely thing to happen sort of but if this happens instead all right, I'm cool with that. That's a lot of calculations to... in a split second, by the way. Yeah, but it's in, it's like instinct. If that, it's like it, I feel like it's an instinct I've honed from that mentality. Like, because uh, people say that to me a lot when I explain like that mental process. They're like, "Oh, that sounds like such a complicated set of things." And I'm like, "All right, like if I toss you one of these cans of wine and you catch it." Like, think about all the things that went into that. Like, I have to, like, how far away from me are you? And how much does this weigh? And, like, how much velocity? That sounds really complicated, but it's not. You just learn to be like, oh, it's about this heavy, and I toss it about that far, and then he adjusts on the other end. So it's kind of the, and that's like an instinct, right? You don't think about exactly how much it weighs. It's just Mm -hmm. when you're initially learning something like that, that process can seem really complicated. Um, But as you hone it, it no longer really becomes a conscious mental process. Although sometimes I will like now that I, now that I explain it and I teach it sometimes I'll, I'll consciously notice when I'm doing it. It's not that I'm consciously doing it, but I'll catch you're aware of it. I'll be like, Oh, I just did exactly what I was explaining right there. And so, but I mean, it's an instinct when it's happening. Otherwise it would never happen fast enough. So what would you say uh, um, makes a good leader and a good follower? What are the qualities that make a good leader and a good follower? And Just being respectful of what's happening on the other person's end. What a good like word, on the other respectful. End. Amen. Like for me, just respectful. The, the follower should be respectful of the fact that like as gray as it can get in this dance, mm-hmm. it is still a lead follow dance, at least Amen. to a certain extent. Like yes. to me, the balance can really shift, but it should at least be like 51, 49. Agreed. You know, <laughs> like just, he's got at least like a 51% share on leading. I agree. Right. You know? Um, and so to me, like the follower should at least be respectful of the fact that he is trying to lead stuff. I don't really like when I see or feel the follower just, totally being like screw you to the leader's agenda the entire time like just totally oblivious like Mm -hmm. they don't care um overall like in certain moments sometimes i get like oh you're fairly certain that your idea is going to be cooler than mine and often that turns out to be the case and i'm cool with that right but when it's like a consistent like the follower just has no respect for the leader's agenda um and for the leaders when i see a, a lot and this just drives me crazy um like when I see the leaders have like a lack of respect for the followers movement and they're like, do this and do this now. But then they're not like letting the person actually do the movement mm-hmm. that they just led or finish the movement or finish mm-hmm. their transition. And I, and th- that doesn't necessarily mean like, I don't mind when I see somebody uh, like leading the crap out of their follower, but like really well in a way where like, Oh, they're leading all these demanding things, but they're being, um, mindful yeah they're being mindful of like oh she's 
got to finish her weight shift here and her prep there. It's when I see the leaders leading things, but just like, yeah, not being mindful, or I think I actually like that even better than respectful, being mindful of her movement and what's actually happening when she responds to what you've asked her to do. And that sometimes you have to change your game plan. Sometimes you have to wait a split second longer. Right. Um, It's something that like just, it seems like such a simple concept, but uh, I think just people just forget it sometimes. I mention it when I'm teaching uh, just like a left side turn, spinning side pass, side yeah. pass with the inside yeah, turn, right. whatever you want, everybody left calls pass, it. Yeah, turn. right. Prep, prep, yeah. she turns. Yes. Yeah. Right? When I'm teaching that in my beginning class, like it's one of the first things I mention to the leaders. I'm like, all right, leaders, look, like she may have never done a turn like this, at least not since she was like five years old spinning around in the living room, right? And And so if when you're turning her, like, if it takes her an extra count or two to get around, that's fine. If you're like one, two, three, <laughs> four, like wait for her. Don't right. yank her around. Right. right. Or if she turns and she kind of veers off the track, just move the triple and make it look like that's where she was supposed to right. end up. Right. And so just Take that idea, like right off the bat yeah. and on a basic and then carrying that over kind of into everything else. Um, I think just those two ideas, you know, just being – mindful of what's happening on the other person's end, I think makes a huge difference. Yeah. What was the question again? That, that was good. That was, that was the answer. You okay. did, you did very well. Um, yeah, Brandy said in her workshop today, and I wrote it down, she said, the leader gives me a reason to move, but I move myself. Move myself. Right. And I think leaders need to lead like that I hit way. the gas pedal, but she's got the engine. Right. Sure. It's not like a Flintstone car where I got to do <laughs> right, both. Right. <laughs> um, Thank God. <laughs> What's wrong so, with the Flintstones? I'm just kidding. It's just a lot of work. I yes, love the is. Flintstones. <laughs> um, so speaking of leading and following and things that maybe you're not happy with when you're judging or teaching, uh, what do you think of the dance today? I love it. Um, I uh, I think that... Um, I think there's... I mean, I, I see a lot of negativity sometimes from people talking about how how the dance is today and whatnot and uh generally speaking i love it that doesn't mean that i don't see things that i don't like uh i mean obviously that i mean that happens um but uh like overall like i really like it i also think that um it's funny somebody mentioned this on a brought this up on Facebook the other day. I think it was actually in regards to like DC and Marvel, <laughs> but like there's so much like this versus that these right. days. And yes, like, adversarial. It, yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be like, you can like DC and Marvel. Like, Absolutely. You don't have to be like, Oh, this one's better. And that one sucks. That, you right. know what I mean? Like, right. um, you certainly might think that way and that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but you don't necessarily have to. Um, and so that's kind of how I am. Like, I really, really enjoy, um, I really, really enjoy watching like a super classic traditional dance to like a kind of rat packy, you know, actually big band swing song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, really enjoy watching like a super modern, like lyrical influenced by Zook dance as well. Like mm-hmm. I really enjoy both aspects of that, this dance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or, or I shouldn't even say both. I sh- enjoy all these different aspects right. of this dance. It's not even a spectrum so much right. as it's just this wide array. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love that about it. And that's part of why I started doing it. Uh, and if I didn't, if I didn't want that, if I wasn't seeking that out, I would have just kept doing Lindy Hop. Right. Right. Um, which uh, I I love, but it's definitely more like genre this based is Lindy music. Hop. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, which is not to say that there's not variance in it, mm-hmm. but like 
it's much more defined in that sense. Um, and uh, so one of the things that I love about West Coast Swing, one of the things that drew me to it, and one of the things that I think does draw a lot of people to it is that wide variety mm-hmm. of the different um, different varieties and like that you're getting this more traditional feel as well as this more contemporary feel and all these different elements as part of the same dance. Um, and so I look at that as a super positive thing. I really enjoy it. I like seeing where it goes. Uh, you know, and not everybody dance, does. But, I feel like the yeah. dance always comes back to center when it needs to. Yeah, when we need to get grounded again about with the, like the dance has gone a little bit too far, we always end up coming back and then we, we go forward. What's so great about West Coast Swing is the fact that it moves with the times with the music. Like West Coast yeah. Swing will be around for a long time because doesn't matter what music comes out, we will adapt. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I always kind of joke that it's like um, West Coast Swing is a dance that has essentially – uh, ever since its roots going all the way back to swing or back to Lindy Hop as like um, essentially like grabbed what was currently popular, right? right? Grabbed which swing music was pop music then, mm-hmm. right? Um, and uh, kind of assimilated it and then kind of continued that process and sort of like as it gained more kind of maybe slowly dropped some off the back. And like so, and it's funny. I'll joke sometimes to people that like, oh, we dance to just about everything except actual swing music. (laughs) Joked joke about. Um, So it's actually been fun to see um, some of the actual big band like swing stuff has had a resurgence. Yes. for as long as I've been doing West Coast Swing, none of that was ever like regularly played. Like blues music was a lot, yes, right? Um, but like Not the, actual right. like swing music mm-hmm. was long gone from West Coast Swing by mm-hmm. the time I started. Mm-hmm. So it's been kind of fun to see like that come back in again and be an, another piece of it. Um, but again, it's just one of those many pieces, right? We have like West Coast. Blues, hip hop, pop, R and B, all this lyrical Jazz. stuff. Now some of the Latin rhythms, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I love seeing all of that, and I like dancing to all of it. And you're good at all of it. Not all of it. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> I do my best, though. Yeah, Thank you're you. good at all of it. You wouldn't be where you are if you wouldn't. Yeah. You might not like all of it. Like you have your favorites to move to. Show Maybe. tunes are a challenge for me. <laughs> <laughs> Did we just do Except that Toy tonight? Story. Except Toy Story. Yeah, I don't know. I, if you know I the movie. I wouldn't necessarily consider Toy Story it's a, a show tune. It's a movie. It's more, it's I think it's a more, more, It's kind it's of a musical, tunes. but... I have one song. What? Sorry. Who cares? That's one song. It's from no, a I think they, they sang like other songs things. in there, didn't they? Little... What? Didn't they sing other songs in there? I don't know. I think I've watched two... Only just, one? Just one song. How do you know this? I think Space Jam should have been a choice. How many times have you seen Toy Story? I saw Toy Story too. I just was really young. And Toy Story Two had uh, had two songs because they did a. You know, we don't talk about Toy Story Two. And then Sarah too. McLaughlin did a song, and that was it. And you Sarah know McLaughlin did songs. a song in I Toy Story Two. There was a song in, two, in Toy Story. Because they're not musicals. I love musicals too, but Toy mm. Story. I'm sorry. I feel like there was another Moving one. On. Tangent. Moving on. Yes. Off script. Um, <laughs> off script. But I will echo what you said about the versatility. And I started at Lindy too, and that was a big part of the draw for me was the diversity of music, the diversity of movements the fact that it kind of pulled in different movements from right. different dances and even today we dance to a wider range of music than any other party right. dance really i remember being like september right yes. that was me too Woo. michael jackson <laughs> yeah. yeah yes yeah um totally cool and marvin gay that was i was into marvin gay let's at the get time. it on mm. sexual healing yes 
Oh, my I love a weird turn. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and yeah, hopping on the show me. and sharing your thoughts and insights with us and experience. Give it up for Ben Morris. Yes. Um, but don't go anywhere if that's yeah, okay. That's Sit for a little bit. Live stream questions. Um, or <laughs> do we have any? Well, I'm going to check the live stream, but do we have any questions from anybody here, either for Ben or just in general? Miss Abby Hare. Why don't you come up, Abby? Say hi to Abby, everybody. Hi, Abby. Hello. Have a seat. Thank you for my lip sense lipstick. I appreciate it. Yeah, she's here all weekend out. Yes, out go buy some. Table. Hi. Hi. I'm planning on coming up here and well, asking you want to ask a question. It's got to be on the mic. Yeah. That's um, a mic. Very weak. But yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yes. That's what you told us earlier. It is a mic. It is picking up the room. Cool. What's um, your question? Yeah. So <laughs> just on the topic of like you adapting to the follow and like lead and follow and, you know, Ultimately, it's a lead, follow, dance, and 5149, all of that. Um, like, sometimes the lead is, like, so attentive to, like, everything you're doing. It almost feels like you're leading it, but you're not even trying to. So it's, like, where's, like, the balance? Are they being, like, a super awesome lead, or are they giving in too much to, like, let you what you want? Mm-hmm. And it's, like, I'm not trying to, but they're just, like, giving it all to me. So it's, like... Is there a balance? Am I doing too much? Even though it feels like it's so subtle what I'm doing, but they're just so attentive. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I wouldn't say that you're doing too much in that particular circumstance because as you just said, he's giving that to you. So to me, that is still part of the lead of the lead follow dynamic. Like yeah. it's not you're not necessarily taking it. He's saying like, oh, I want to be attentive to you and I want this stuff to happen. Um, on his end, sometimes I think that I certainly think that a leader can be too attentive and that like in being too passive and having no agenda in the sense that sometimes some followers really, really like that. Some followers like to have like more of the leader like leading and giving some momentum to inspire something from mm-hmm. them and then let them work from that, if that makes sense. So that so I don't necessarily think that I, I or I guess I should say I do think that there is such a thing as being too attentive to too passive to the follower um but in that sense like i don't think that that's like i still don't think that's the follower being like too um taking over too much in that sense because as you said you weren't taking over he's giving it so if he's giving it that's still part of the lead as long as when he goes okay but now i want to take control of this and duck you and then turn you out of it you pick up on that transition yeah cool do you think maybe that uh, I'm only saying this because I lived in Texas and I know you. Uh, that was years ago. So it's okay. <laughs> Don't be mad. I swear this I'm is coming from you. a good place. I know. Do you think maybe because uh, Texas um, followers like to take over a lot now because Texas is uh, leaders just lead the everything, everything, everything. And now they've gotten the mentality where like maybe as leaders we should back off. A little bit. So mm. then followers are like, oh, wait, well, hold on, because you're so used to being led through everything. I was going to say, Texas is a very, like, lead. Yeah, mm. lead, it's a very lead, lead, or, yeah. yeah. Historic. So maybe now they've backed off a little bit. Oh, I'm not know. talking about Texas. What are you talking about? Well, that's like, where you like live. somebody here, like somebody here, I was noticing, like, last night. Mm-hmm. It was, you going to tell I mean, us who? <laughs> Just kidding. Don't tell us who. <laughs> I can't share my secret. <laughs> Right, that's okay. I'll keep it to myself. Yeah, that's all good. Um, No, but like really enjoyed it. It's like we're just so connected, Mm -hmm. but it's like, right, How it's like am I leading this whole dance or like, you know, 
is it just he's a really great lead and that's how it's supposed to be? Well, I mean, you get the best results when you lead the follower to do what she wants to do anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. say that. <laughs> so he danced a lot and it was great. So. But yeah, I mean, yeah. you have those dances sometimes where things happen and you're like not even really sure who was in charge of it. Right. Uh, and that's I love how, that. Yeah. I think that's great. great. I'm not going to lie that I, I, I prefer being led. I have a very hard time being mm-hmm. like spontaneous and artistic i need the leader to give me something so that i can you know like like fill the space and paint a little bit if i have to do it myself i'm like i don't know that's not who i am as a dancer i rather like brandy says i rather have a boring clean dance than like trying to like make things happen i don't want to make things happen i want him to tell me and i will go yeah, and that's how I feel too. Like if I have too much space, it's like I don't know what to do with this. But it is just like these tiny little things, but he just so attentive. So it's not even like me trying to do like anything big. It's like itty bitty and right. It's like Yeah, I mean it sounds yeah. like a good it's yeah. it sounds like a good thing from the yeah. way you're describing it. I mean So just kind of it's like where's the line, right? So let me ask you about the extreme then. What do you do when you have a follower who <laughs> You know, it's like the dog is walking you, uh, where they running. <laughs> kind of, I'm leading an out of control pit bull. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, kind of. Uh, but I mean, what do you do that when the happen. follower is kind of overtaking or is not being mindful of what you're offering? It's kind of overriding that. How do you manage that situation and make it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, most of the time, I'll try to just roll with it. Like I'll try mm-hmm. to just. I'll lead things that allow them to do that. Um, And then if I, so as I said before, like when I lead things, I kind of have this mentality of like, I'm not leading this. I'm leading like a set of possibilities of which, okay, this is the thing I want is the most likely, but I'm open to other. So with that person, like sometimes if I decide like, okay, I'm going to lead that behind the back outside turn, but like, I'm a little bit aware that the bell curve of what might happen here is wider than it normally would be. So it's just like I'm a little bit more like mentally on my toes when I go to lead something like that. And I won't like lead stuff like that as much. I won't lead stuff like that without thinking and like take it for granted that like, oh, this pattern where I open here and go behind the back and bring them around like this always works. I'll be a little bit more like, oh, I need to be like super attentive if I'm going to do that. Or I should play it safer with like, oh, okay, things are like, you know, I'm leading like a telemark with two hands, like not as much they can mess with me there, but like uh, probably play it safe. Like, you know, know, like, so it's all, I'll tend to do more things where it's like, oh, I'm setting them up and seeing what they want to do and going from here. And then like, I'll lead a turn, but then I bring it around. I just give them their moment there. But in the moments where I'm trying to lead, I'm just a little bit more like, uh, hyper aware. Yeah. 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 Is this going to work? So when you talk about the 51, 49, you're closer to the 51 in those situations. Like you're um, leaving a little more open-ended rather than you. Yes. Or I'm leading things that are less, uh, that require, Less variables. Yeah, that require less advanced following, if sure. that makes sense. Yeah. Easier things to follow, things that are less likely to go wrong, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Less variables. I like variables, though, sometimes. Not all the time, though. Sure. I like when you give me variables. It's variable. <laughs> it's definitely variable. It's more stuff to work with. Yes. Yeah. And I don't have lots of stuff. Okay. 
Yeah. I don't you have plenty of stuff. Move. I have no stuff. Tons of stuff. <laughs> I don't have stuff. George Carlin would say, say something different about stuff, but... Yes. Do you he wouldn't use the Carlin? word stuff. The, Did you ask me if I know George Carlin? He says stuff. Doesn't he say stuff? He says stuff. stuff. It's the whole skit about stuff, no? I guess so. My favorite right, of his stuff. is the Ten Commandments. Yeah. It's good. His breakdown of the Ten Commandments, the Two Commandments. My ski boot fitter sounded like George Carlin when I got my ski boots. A little, a little random, but I remember random. being like, man, you sound like George Carlin. I have so many Anyways, to do on this episode. It's kind of random. <laughs> so many. Thank you, Moving Abby, on. For Thank you, Abby. Like, give it up for Abby. Yeah. Thanks. Glad to see you on person. Anybody else have a question? We have one question coming in. Um, we got from, a live stream question. We do have yeah. a live stream question. Um, what is the biggest question or thing that students want in a lesson? What do people come to you most and to ask for? On. Yeah, to work on with you. Be better. Be better. <laughs> okay. Is there anything specific that they like request when they work on? I don't think there's like. You? Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think there's one particular thing that I feel like I get asked. Yeah. I mean, I do get asked a lot, like, oh, just watch me and whatever you think. Like, sure. probably, probably half my lessons are people just being like, whatever you think. And then the other half is a wide variety of people asking yeah. about things. What so about you me? don't have the half? Well, I have a lot of uh, people that say I want to get in the final. And, oh, and yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I lump that in with I be better. Them and I go, no, no, you want to work on your dancing and you yeah. will get into the final. Yeah, I mean, I want to be better, do better, get in finals, place what those same general goals of. Yeah, I want to move up the video game that is our point system. I want to advance to the next level, beat the the boss. boss, Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. They only get bigger. Um, (laughs) By the way, according to the live stream, apparently your former partner Melina is watching us from. Yay, hi Melina! Hey, from Australia. Um, Yeah. You cool. still have that spacesuit costume of Tots? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about you. I wonder if that's why she joined. She heard people were talking about her. Uh, cool. Any other questions from anybody here? Come on up. I see the hand back there. We'll get to you next. Hi. What's Hello. your name? Uh, Robert. Hi, Robert. Where are you from, Robert? Seattle. Awesome. Welcome. Um, to build off the like private lesson question, what should students come to you for? Like Rather than just being like, hey, can you make me better? Like, what should we be bringing to you as teachers to make us better? Well, I mean, for the record, I don't think coming to me and just saying, hey, make me better, like whatever you think, I don't think that's a that's bad. Like, I think that's great when someone comes in and they're just sort of like, I put myself in your hands. Mold me. Mold me. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I sometimes say that too. So, yeah, I mean, I think, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's, uh, but sometimes it's more just like um, a student has a specific, like they just, sometimes it's that they know like this is my weakness and I need to work on it. Sometimes it's just they have specific questions. There's just something they really feel like they don't understand that everybody keeps talking about phrase changes and I just don't get it or whatever. Um, So, I I mean, I don't necessarily think there's like one particular thing. It really does vary from person to person. That's the advantage to private lessons as opposed to group classes where we have to sort of decide like, okay, what's the best thing I can do for the most people? Like private lesson is very individualized. Uh, If it wasn't, if I had a good answer to your question, wouldn't need to do private lessons. Right. That makes sense. (laughs) What's your answer? Oh, you don't want to hear my answer. It's the naked truth, Deborah. 
So my answer is this. When students come and they ask me for a private lesson, the first thing I ask them is, what are your questions, comments, concerns? And then I guide them depending on what their question, comment, and concern is, depending on what they say to me. So there's no general anything for any private lesson because it is individualized, like uh, Ben said. But my first thing that I always say to all of them is, let's just work on becoming a better dancer because eventually you will excel and move up in you know divisions and stuff because you're working on the dance as opposed to like people's agenda I feel is wrong like I want to place and I want to win and my deal is well if you keep working on your dancing you will place or and you will win because you work on the craft yeah. so you have to change the intention I think that's how I approach my lessons I think yeah. that's true I work with students um I always ask the first question similarly of just one, what's on your mind? Right. Just what's on your mind? You want yeah. it to take a what private are your lesson. Goals? There what must are your be a goals? reason. Right. Yeah. What are your bigger goals? Right. If they're competition, I might steer, steer them a little differently than right. if it's social, but generally it's be a better dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I ask them is, and it's helpful if students can come to me and tell me this, when you're social dancing, what are your challenges? Right. That's or when one. you're competing, what are your challenges? What keeps going wrong? So, right. right. Like, what are that's things that keep one. coming up for you? Because then I, I'm like, okay, let's drill down in that. Um, but for me, more importantly than coming with something to work on is having a student who is a good student in that mm-hmm. they ask questions. Right. They're not understanding something. Like, it's my job to get through to the student and get them to understand and apply. So for me, you can come say mold me right play. right um but then i want them to be active in that process it is your dollar and is your time you should be making the most of it right and i think it's also important for a student to understand that when an instructor tells you to do something they must tell you the why yes they want you to do it and if they don't tell you the why then we have a problem there needs to be the why behind it and if they don't tell you then you ask them if they don't have an answer, well, then there's a bigger problem. Because you're going to go to another teacher and you're going to do something and they're going to say, why are you doing that? And they're going to say, well, so-and-so told me right. and you'd better have a reason why they told you to do it. It's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. True story. Have a reason for everything right. you're doing. And then the reason why it's mistranslated and telephone game to the it next happens. person and it's really sure. confusing. That and happens. <laughs> it, to- it totally happens. But here's the good part about the top professionals. All the top professionals know how all the other professionals teach. We know their theories, we know their words, and and we uh, protect each other, so to speak, by saying, like, a student will come up and say, so-and-so said this, and I was like, no, that's not what they said. You misconstrued what they said. This is what they said, because I know how they dance, I know how they teach. Um, So that's the good part of it, but you still have to ask the why. Yeah, I tell my students to... Anytime they take a workshop or private lesson, try to understand the intent. Right. Even if you don't get the why, what's the intent? Yeah, what are they true. trying to get at? Because most people are trying to get at the same thing. They just use different words and different ways right. of talking about it. Right. So. And words are good. Yes, they are. All the words are good. All of them. All of them. <laughs> Every word. Especially salacious. That's my favorite word. Can you spell that? Why? S-A-L-A-C-I-O-U-S. Yeah. Very well. Salacious. Very well. Um, I feel like I was just in a spelling bee. <laughs> you were. I was under pressure. I'm like, I've started having my second wine. Um, why is it my favorite word? Yeah. It sounds really good, and it sounds very much like what it is. Salacious. salacious. All right, yeah. Yeah. What's your I favorite know, word? I it just sounds good. Do you have a favorite word? I don't know. We're getting into like it. inside the actor's studio kind of questioning. What's your favorite Snow. curse word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
my favorite. Yeah, it's mine too. I like motherfucker, but I just like. Fuck. Yeah, How about it's you? flexible. So this is an uncensored podcast. Oh no, there's gonna be lots no, of beeps going be, on. Yeah. I'll have to add stuff in. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll bleep it out. We'll, 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 late night at Rose City. That's Sling. okay. On Facebook, there's no anything that says that you yeah, can. Yeah, no. So. Yeah, I don't know what my favorite curse word is. I think I don't. I don't, I don't discriminate. Okay, cool. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh. He likes them all. Yeah, that's good. Snow. It's very broad-minded. <laughs> that was his favorite word. <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Uh, douche canoe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> really good. I love douche canoe. Way better canoe. than anything Again, we came up with. I awesome. love douche canoe. That's a good one. Douche oh canoe. yeah. Well done. Okay, yeah. Cockbiting fucktard. Hey. Red you just went red from like zero to a hundred. That's remember, awesome. Everybody, anybody ever watched Red versus Blue? Cockbiting fucktard. Yeah, that's okay. from Red versus Blue. That was a nice. great one. <laughs> <laughs> the visual is very weird. Thanks for your question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should. I think yeah, these podcasts yes. really I think we deteriorate. Wrap it up. <laughs> well, we have one more. Do we have one more question? One more question, if you have one. Otherwise, we're wrapping it up. probably changed his mind. Last call for alcohol. We won't ask you a favorite curse word. Do you have a question? Come on up. Come on up. Ask a question. You just what? Just come over here. guessing it now. Come sit over here with us. What's your name? I'm Jack. You're Jack. Jack. Where are you from? I'm from Poland. Excellent. local here. You're from Poland. Portland. Portland. Oh, Portland. Portland. I heard Poland too. Oh, you did too. Good. I was like, you, man, you got rid of the accent really well. It just, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed Poland. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is about two thirty in the morning, so my tongue. True story. Yes. Yeah, I mean, usually that would bring out the accent. Two thirty in the morning, but oh, so the accent wouldn't go away. Time. But anyways, um, so do you say soda or pop? I say pop. Nah, I say soda. I thought it'd be pop. I spent eight years in Pittsburgh, and that was a very long time. Yeah, that's a pop place. Yeah, for sure. Yes, stuck in that direction. Uh, My question, longtime fan, would just, you know, be what your influence has been in the scene. But I think what really kind of stuck me out when, because there's a lot of pros to be inspired by, but uh, the Super Jews of Swing. With Doug? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have you guys seen those routines? How many did you do? Three. Oh, three? No, no, more than three. Oh. Definitely more than three. I only know three. Five? Or Five. Six? Yeah. Um, Have you guys seen those routines? Yeah. God, They're more brilliant. footnotes. I got to find videos. Um, yeah, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> one, let me think for a second. I think five, maybe six. Okay. Five or six. And what was your question? Well, it's nice that it seems like by doing all those routines, you then did like large showcases as a follow instead of a lead. And I just kind of curious, you know, that actually. How that kind of came about to like this is my mission like this is something I really want to do or just something like, like hey. me and Doug or just me following well just basically you, you and how did somehow like you were using doing class routines you know you, Melina was your partner for a while and somehow I said like, oh and suddenly I'm also dancing showcase routines <laughs> with Doug uh, yeah so that happened because he was supposed to do so it was actually at Boogie by the Bay mm-hmm. um, and they had a Lindy showcase division which was only going to have three couples in it. Um, and because Boogie is awesome, mm-hmm. uh, they were like, all right, well, we're still going to pay the full prize money because we said this is what we would do. And these people brought their routines. Yeah. Um, so Doug had a pro-am routine with his girlfriend at the time who hadn't, I think she was sick and she didn't make it that weekend. And so he came to me and he was like, Hey, like worst case scenario, we get fourth. You want to learn this and we'll dance it tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Sure. So he taught me their pro-am routine. We danced it. We did get fourth. 
out of five. <laughs> Somebody else we signed not. up. We weren't last. So that was nice. Solid prize money because, again, as I said, Boogie is awesome right. for many reasons. That's yes. just being one of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then we were like, well, that was fun. We should do that again. So then uh, we put together, like, a legit one after that, which was um, – I think it was Ray Charles. Uh, some business. What song is that? Business and then like the, and then Hallelujah, I just love her so was the uh, second song. I can't remember the first one. Mm-hmm. First one, something business. Um, but uh, yeah, so we put that one together that we like actually choreographed together and with each other, um, uh, and danced that one at uh, Camp Hollywood in the National Jitterbug Championships and got. Uh, we danced in the like showcase, their legit showcase division with like eighteen couples or something, and we got like second or third. It was something, like way higher than we were expecting. We we're like, we should keep running with this, uh, and so yeah, and then we did for several more years after that. Yeah, it's a very so. atypical path in some ways, and I think that admires me, makes me admire you more as a one of our current champions because you went through that phase in a while. Just, hey, Thanks. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun for a while. We got a kick out of it. And then we started doing the, we did the like movie themes with it. And, yeah. Blades of Glory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Blades, Blades of Glory. glory. And we like made a preview and stuff with Pete Green's amazing voice. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, awesome. So thank you. Actually, thank I was so just much. thinking about that the other day that it said, because uh, like now that NASD is degendered, like the preview for Blades of Glory started out with Pete going, in a world dominated by NASD. Was the, was the preview. Perfect. It was like two swing dance. I don't remember the rest, but it was like, oh, well, now not we allowed to, to dance together. Yeah. <laughs> so much to do. We have a lot to do this week. Yes, you're welcome. Cool, thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. They're for on YouTube question. somewhere. Yeah. Thanks, man. No, but they're <laughs> probably on your YouTube page. They're, uh, they're out there dogs. somewhere. Ben has his own YouTube we page. We have a MySpace page. <laughs> so you'll find Did you have Friendster, like, too? Friendster? I did not have Friendster. I was aware of its existence, but I never had it. I think I skipped Friendster. But I, I remember when it first came out, and a friend of mine being like, oh, you got to try this. It was all the rage. Anyway, um, thank you so much to thank Ben Moore. Yeah, thanks for having yes. me. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Um, if people want to reach you, what's the best way for them to do that? Email or Facebook. So what's your email? Email's email is benmorrisdance at gmail.com or Facebook. Uh, Facebook message me on the Ben Morris, not the Ben Mo one, if you do that. I, um, they're, excuse me. They're both me. But one's personal but the, and one's business. Uh, you had yeah, the, ben, the I just I use both because I got like capped on the friends on uh, right. the Ben Morris one, but I checked the Ben Morris one is the one that I'm regularly logged into, and the one that I check more often. Um, but I use them both for like creating events sometimes and sending invites and stuff. So Benmo is legitimately me; it's not a fake account. I just don't check the messages as often. I try to check it like once a week before an event if some right. to catch if somebody's sending me a lesson request, but I don't always see it. Whereas the Ben Morris one, like I noticed check that message requests folder where like the spam goes and stuff so awesome you can get a hold of me on that one um, i'm terrible about responding though i apologize <laughs> i get distracted advance. yeah another thank you as well to um Bobak and trudy for inviting us to do the yes, show yes thank here you at so the much event. thank you thank you thank you and for being such great fans of the show yeah. and uh, for my pie and massage and that i will be getting tomorrow forthcoming yeah um thank you as well to hugh lee for taking photos thank you hugh. helping us set up our tech handling our facebook live stream so people can join us at home Woo. by the way we have merchandise available you can see deborah and i wearing 
two of our shirts, um, and we have our logo. Um, we have men's tees, we have women's tees and tanks with our logo, 100% swing content, and I love hashtag apple pie. Do you guys know what this is from? Yeah. Cool. We have those shirts, I too. I don't. Uh, Brandy. Okay. Hasn't Brandy's listened to the show. Yeah, okay, I will. I mean, I have now. I'll them. go, yeah. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. Go listen to Brandy, but not Robert, apparently. <laughs> We're trying Sounds to start reasonable. a rivalry. Yeah, yeah, Sounds we're start, reasonable. We're starting to start a rivalry because oh God, Brandy, start a- Brandy and Robert's uh, podcasts are the largest. Uh, the most list, popular. Most yeah. popular, but Brandy is more popular than Robert's. Yes. Yeah, she's been more popular. Unsurprising. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, if you want to show your support for the show and get a fun, stylish T-shirt, um, you can see us after the show. If you guys want to do it, we have stock in the back. Um, but also, if you're listening on the live stream or listening on our podcast, online. we will also Apple have an online fan, personally. Store. Sorry. He's an Apple. Just thinking about dessert now. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> yes, then you'll understand. Um, but we'll have an online store up in the coming days. I'm. It's almost done. So it'll be up Strudel. Soon. Strudel is awesome. Yeah. Best was one I ever Austria? had was in Austria. Oh, yeah. yeah! What is That's happening? <laughs> this what got me happening? thinking about dessert. I thought we were having It was in w- Moonsea. Oh, if you've God. ever been to the Lakes District outside Salzburg, amazing oh. strudel in Moonsea. I've only been to Austria I don't even remember once, what the place was, but it was... this past year, so I don't know. Like, I had somebody take a picture of me eating it because it was so good. I had to capture the moment. <laughs> you, you should should have slow-mo strudel. videoed it. I should have. This was before iPhone. Oh, my God, the iPhones. two Jews having a moment over here. <laughs> I'll just back up. <laughs> He's your brother. Um, story. By the way, if you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us about this episode, you can post a comment on our website. You can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts with us in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also hang out with us after the show. We'll be here hanging out. We'd love to hear from you and catch up with you. You can also email Deborah and me at any time through our website, thenakedtruthwcs.com, or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Instagram at the Naked Truth WCS, and follow us on Twitter because now we have a whole whopping twenty-one people following us. <laughs> yeah, our community, so our community, thankfully, hasn't really jumped on Thank the God. Twitter machine. So I don't know if you guys listen. Do you guys listen to other podcasts? Yeah. So this, I'm not getting political, but I listen to Pod Save America, um, which is an awesome podcast if you're a progressive-minded person. Um, and if you're not, don't worry about it. But um, <laughs> those guys, like was, being in the political realm, they are addicted to Twitter and they talk about it. And they also talk about how awful it is. So I'm actually glad yeah. I'm not really I'm, on I'm Twitter. I'm really glad our community hasn't, yeah, like, didn't jump on the Twitter train. It's like a whole other world where yeah. people just pick on each other yeah, and it's troll bad. each other. And it's very bad. Why? Anyway. Maybe we should just cancel that account. No. <laughs> Shooting for 25. I know. Like, now I'm, like, determined to get... Facebook or uh, Twitter followers. We'll see what happens. Just, anyway. Uh, all right. Just if like five years from now, you've got like several thousand Twitter followers and like the West Coast swing community is now using Twitter a lot. I just want you to remember this conversation right. and recognize that it may have been your fault. Damn. <laughs> well, it'll be on the internet in perpetuity. So we have nothing to worry about. It'll be there. Sure. Yep. Look back on this conversation. Yep. This could be a defining moment. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Good choice. To get updates. Um, by the way, don't forget, if you haven't subscribed to our podcast, I know some people listen on the website, but you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify. Those all will notify you when you get the update. I don't oh. think Spotify updates you Google. when the we no. have a new episode out. I'm getting head shaking. Okay. So check out Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, um, whatever other platform you'd like to use. We're on a bunch of them. If we're not, let me know. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on the iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on the iTunes. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the naked truth. Test. Testicles, Test. one, two, three. Testicles, Did you say one, two, three. By the way, we're recording. That's great. <laughs> I, think, I think I know our post-show. <laughs> testicles, testicles, one, two. Is it working or Hopefully not? Hopefully it's not three. <laughs>